Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. It is my honour to bring the Word of God. Let me pray. Father God, I thank You that Your Word is living, it's active, it's alive and, and You wanna flow in and through us by Your Spirit now. So Lord God, we come to You as the ones that need to surrender, as the ones that need to acknowledge that we are in need and we need You. And so Lord God, whatever state we're in right now, if we're feeling empty, would You fill us up? If we're feeling harassed, would You give us peace? If we're feeling like we don't know where to turn or where to go, would You give clarity? Father God, I ask now in the Name of Lord Jesus Christ that we would take hold of the unshakable Kingdom that You have prepared for us and that we would live at a completely different level in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I read out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 28 to 29. It says this, the writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. There is so much being shaken all around us that that all you need to do is to start scrolling on your preferred news channel and you will see that the world seems to be shaking at so many different points of fracture. Some getting more attention than others. But I promise you, if you were to go back into your news feed six months ago, you would see that the news, while about different issues, was similar. There is so much going on, so much bad. And you go back a year ago and two years ago and into the year which shall not be named. You'd see shaking and shaking and shaking and shaking. You know, I was doing a little bit of study and it's found by many surveys that about 90% of news that is propelled on our news feeds is negative in nature. What happens to us if that becomes our source of life, if that becomes our major influence? What happens to our conversations if most of our conversations are crisis related and negative in heart because we become what we take on? There is so much being shaken. And and often what I find is if I'm grabbing hold of things that are shaking, they're shaking because they're not built to last. They're not eternal. They're they're not out of the heartbeat of God. They do not reflect what God desires for us as His people. What they often reflect are the temporal, the momentary, the things that are so easily to trust in but fall down along the way. The writer of Hebrews is writing to a people who have been shaken. See, every book in the Bible was written to a specific people at a specific time. The beautiful thing is that even though this book, Hebrews, which is part of the New Testament, which is part of the entire Bible, there's 66 books in the Bible. They flow from the Old Testament, the Old Covenant before Jesus came down in human form to pay the price that we could never pay for ourselves. And then they flow on into what's happened out of that relationship. And every book was written to a people at a time. But it still speaks to us today because those truths are eternal. They are things that we can grab hold of and they're unshakable in nature. And what Hebrews is unpacking is the writer is writing to a group of people 
writing to Jewish Christians. Jewish Christians who have come to faith in Jesus as their Messiah. See, already to be a Jewish person at that time in history, you were oppressed by some of the nations around you. The Romans had taken occupation of Israel or Judea at that time and ruled. So you weren't free because you weren't a citizen of Rome. But not only that, if you chose to be a follower of Jesus above that, well, now you're the scum of the earth. And what had happened is that Jewish followers of Jesus had sprung up because Jesus initially started working in the people that He had been born into, but for a purpose of bringing all people together, whether Jew or Gentile, if you see that word pop up in the Bible, a Gentile is anybody who is born outside of the, 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 the Jewish people. I am a Gentile. I have a bit of Scottish, a bit of conflict, uh, conflict, a bit of convict. Yeah, a bit of conflict in there. <laughs> and a whole heap of weird stuff along the way. But in Jesus, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. We are all one in Christ. Amen. But see, the Hebrews, they've been scattered and what was happening is because they had chosen to follow Jesus for themselves, some of them were coming under such extreme pressure that they were contemplating giving up their faith altogether. And saying, it's too hard. The, the world's beating us. We, we need to give in. And the writer of Hebrews, if you were to read that book, you would read somebody's intention to call people to rise up and not bow down. You would see the heart of somebody challenging people, even in the midst of extreme hardship, do not give up. Do not let the world conquer you. You can conquer it. And the writer of Hebrews is bold in declaring that there is a better way, even in the midst of extreme pressure, and that you can grab hold of it because you are receiving an unshakable kingdom. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And you think, what, what goes into make up a kingdom? Well, see, the writer of Hebrews goes through that book and reminds people that God has done amazing things before. He's gonna continue to do amazing things again. You just need to hold on. That He will not force you, but He will invite you. And that if you grab hold of Him, He will draw near to you. And so the writer of Hebrews reminds these people that what God has done before, He's gonna do again and even better. Reminds them stories about the father of faith, Abraham, who had left his homeland to start a brand new people who became the embodiment of somebody who lived by faith and not by sight. Goes on and talks about Moses, which is such an amazing account in Scripture. Exodus unpacks the reality of this person's life who had been born a Jew, but was, was sent away on the Nile River in a basket so that he was not killed at, at birth because at that time, the Jewish people were in Egypt as slaves. And what they were doing is they were murdering children as they were born, especially male children. So Moses was saved and set free, so to speak, was raised in the house of Pharaoh and then came into a realisation that this was not his. And he lost it. He lost it in such a way where he murdered somebody, he ran away, ran into the wilderness to hide, to pull back from the world, to, to wallow in his own discomfort and his own depression until he had a moment of encounter with the living God where he sees God in a burning bush, a bush that is on fire, but not burnt up. 
And Moses goes on an adventure of seeing people set free out of slavery into life. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And I know that's a, a difficult thing actually for us to even get our head around because the idea of what is a kingdom is sometimes hard to grasp. But in my understanding, a kingdom is built up of at least three core things that break down. See, every kingdom has a ruler and every ruler reflects the heart of the kingdom. Every kingdom has a culture that defines it and shapes it so that the people are who they say that they are. And finally, every kingdom has a territory, a region to govern and by which people extend and grow. We are receiving an unshakable kingdom. That while there are kingdoms of the world where rulers fail and fall, there are kingdoms of this world where cultures shatter and are broken apart because of pressure. That there are kingdoms of the world where territories are being encroached upon and taken. There is a higher kingdom that we can choose to be a part of that is unshakable in the midst of a world that is shaking around us. That even when we're facing pressures, things that will seek to take us away from who we're called to be, even in our day-to-day lives, whether it's pressures at work or whether it's pressures in relationships around us, things that would take our attention off who we are called to be, we are receiving an unshakable kingdom where we can live at a higher level. And it's all found because this unshakable kingdom is shaped by its ruler, its way and its territory. First off, we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable because of its ruler. We're receiving this kingdom because it is ruled by King Jesus. And Jesus is so different to any other king that has gone before Him. In the book of 1 Samuel, it talks about how the Israelites at that time were crying out for their own king. They were looking to the nations around them. It's never healthy to live your life by comparison. That when we choose to live our life by comparison, what they've got, what they have, we end up living lower than God's intentions for us. And they were looking around and they were, they were seeing that every other nation around them had their own king. And if only we had our own king, everything would be right. Isn't it crazy that we think if we can have this one thing, everything would be fixed? If we could have this thing, this, whatever this is, this, this intention, that will save everything. And at the time there was a prophet in the land, somebody who reflected the heart of God to his people. His name was Samuel. And he had the boldness to come before God and to say, God, they're rejecting us. And God reminded him that it wasn't that he was being rejected, that God Himself was being rejected. Because he was inviting the people to come to Him as their King. But yet they wanted to stoop lower to allow another in place. And so Samuel said, God's gonna allow you to have what you want. Isn't it crazy that we serve a God that allows us to have what we want? It's amazing. It's such, such pressure to bow. God doesn't bow. What He does is He invites. He invites us to a better way, but He never forces it. He never coerces it. He never makes it happen. He invites us in because when we enter in by choice, it'll stand shakeable times. I chose this, I stepped into this. I am not bound by anybody else, but my own decision to embrace the unshakable Kingdom of God. And so Samuel said to the people, if you raise up a king amongst yourselves, he's just gonna take. 
He's gonna take your sons as His soldiers. He's gonna take your daughters as His servants. He's gonna take the best land that you've got. You love those pair of shoes, He wants that. You, you love the, the gazebo you've got out the back. Yeah, be careful, there's a crane coming to pick it up. And Samuel warned the people that if you allow yourselves to come under a king who is not God's intention, all he'll do will take from you. But that is not the way of Jesus. Jesus does not take. Jesus gives. It says in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 21 to 22, they, talking about those that were with Jesus, alongside Him in His earthly ministry, they went into Capernaum. And right away He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and He began to teach. They were astonished at His teaching because He was teaching them as one who had authority and not like the scribes. I always found that amazing reading that portion of Scripture. This is a commentary on the scribes, those that were teaching people about the Word of God at that time and that people recognised that they carried in themselves no discernible authority. It was all talk and no action. It was all talk and lip service without any reality breaking through. But yet Jesus walks into this space and He starts teaching them and it says that they are astonished They are amazed, they are taken back. They cannot deny the reality of who this person is and what He's come to bring. And what He carries on Him is authority. And we think of authority like this, this authority to rule, this this power to, to, to lead and to steer. But if you look into the meaning of the word in the original language, you see something so much bigger. See, I'm convinced that meaning matters that we may have the best intentions, but meaning defines what we are and who who we are and how we show up together. Meaning matters, especially in a marriage, my gosh. You can take something out of context and it's like throwing a grenade into your relationship. (laughs) Rhiannon and I have a rule because often, often I, I can allow the outside world to impact the way that I speak. And my tone can, instead of, reflect the love that I have for my wife can sometimes, just sometimes, sometimes reflect the pressure and the shaking that I'm allowing into my world. And what that does is that takes my words and can adjust the tone. Have you ever said something but in different tones just to see what difference that makes? Have you ever been involved in a relationship where maybe something has been said and that something is okay, but the way that it was said, well, that's a whole different kettle of fish. And so Rihanna and I have a rule and it's been a rule that's kept us together all these years. It's it's an amazing rule. It's a powerful rule. And it was a rule that my wife enacted last week. They were in the kitchen and the children were like little whirlwinds around the house and I was getting frustrated. I hardly ever get frustrated. I I was getting frustrated. And I said something to my wife. I can't even remember what it was. But it was right on it. It was like like the, the TNT sort of fuse was burning down and we were we were right on the edge of an explosion. How bad is it to have those sort of things happen in the kitchen? You can't hide. (laughs) Oven's not big enough for me. (laughs) 
And we're right there, right there, right there. And my wife turned around and eyeballed me. And she said, what did you mean by that? Now we have an agreement. We have an agreement in our marriage that if any one of us says that to the other, what did you mean by that? That is an agreement that is not picking a fight. That is a chance for clarification. What it means is when my wife says to me, what did you mean by that? What she's communicating to me in those words is, Chris, I notice that you are frustrated and the shaking of the world around you is coming into our marriage. And if you choose to pick a fight with me right now, we're about to have a fight. (laughs) What did you mean by that? Means that you know that the fuse is coming in and right now it's about to explode. So what do you want? which gives me a chance to adjust and say, what did I mean by that? (laughs) Most of the time, what I mean to say is I'm sorry that I allow the outside pressures to come in and wreck us when they don't need to. Meaning matters. And Jesus walks into a place to teach the Word of God and they are astonished because He is unlike anybody they've ever come across before. See, others knew the Word of God, but they didn't live it. Others were able to talk about it, but they weren't able to reflect it. And what Jesus has on Him is what they recognise as authority. But authority is not simply the power to rule, it's not simply the power to control. What authority really is, according to the original meaning of the word, it means competency of freedom. Now I know that's really strange. I know that we're not walking around to each other and saying, are you competent in freedom? It's not something that you're going to have a discussion about, but that idea, that core word authority means that He was living in authority because nothing had Him bound. Nothing had Him tied down or held back. He was not drawn into the shaking of the world around Him. He was living so far beyond it that He was in complete freedom. See, it is possible for you and I, as we choose to follow Jesus for ourselves, to be so unaffected by the shaking of the world around us that we are able to live in freedom, even in the midst of circumstances and situations where others would be bowed down and bowed down in the pressure. Because you and I are receiving an unshakable kingdom. That this is not lip service. This is not something we put on. This is something that shapes who we are. Authority is available, but it's only available in the freedom that Jesus gives. Goes on to say in Scriptures, Jesus talking about His own ministry, His authority and power to rule, His strength to rule, but His competency of freedom. Jesus replied, it says in John chapter 8, verse 34 to 36, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son, Jesus talking about himself, sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is so unlike any other king that has come before because he's not looking to take from us. He's not looking in your world and looking into your your house and your home and your possessions saying, what can I commandeer to add to myself? What He does instead is He is a King who gives. His purpose for ruling is to actually purchase freedom for us so that we can live in it. He is the King unlike any others. 
That is why He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And that if we choose to receive the unshakable kingdom, it means that we're coming under a King that wants to give us something. He wants to give us freedom that is untied to the world around us. Freedom that stands beyond the pressures and the circumstances and the situations. Freedom that is found in true authority. That I am not brought low by anything around me. I stand above because of the One who stands with me. We have been invited to receive that. A king reflects his kingdom. But then once he's got a kingdom, it flows on to the culture. See, a kingdom is about its ruler, its way and its territory. And so the way of this kingdom is unlike any other kingdom that has ever existed before. The way of this kingdom is one that in fact is so against the way of the world that it stands in contrast. I wanna read to you out of the book of Romans chapter 12, verse nine to 21. And I just want you to hear this as a way, a culture that reflects the heartbeat of a king in a world that is shaking around us. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honouring one another. Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to what is honourable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, not the other, on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. This kingdom is unshakable because its culture is so far beyond the culture of the world around us that we could only live it if we were invited into it by a king who was willing to give his own life so that we could enter in. That as you enter into the freedom Jesus has for you, you are invited to live a higher way. If you were to read the teachings of Jesus, so many of them are confronting and convicting. In Matthew chapter 5, if you were to read that chapter, you would read teaching after teaching that Jesus gave that challenges us to live a completely different way. He makes a statement there. He says, if somebody asks you to carry their pack a mile, carry it too. And it's one of those things that if you just read it quickly and pass on, you think, gosh, that's interesting. So what, I meant to wait around on the side of the road for somebody to ask me to carry their school backpack to and from work? But what it is, is that Jesus was speaking to a specific people at a specific time who are under oppression. Their world was shaking around them. And what had happened is that the people of Judea at that time were under occupied territory. The Romans had ruled, the centurions were around keeping the peace, but not always keeping the peace, sometimes looking for a fight. And there was a rule that if you're in occupied territory and a Roman centurion travelling from one place to the next, carrying their heavy pack with them, walked past you. Whether you were busy, whether you were cooking dinner, 
whether you had your children with you, they had the right to stop you along the way, give you their pack and demand that you carry it for one mile. You could not get out of it. In fact, if you tried to get out of it, you were up for punishment. At the best, you'd get beaten. At the worst, you'd be killed. And there was no way of breaking this system. You're off alone, all by yourself. You're surrounded by centurions and one has picked you out. This is unfair. Life is so unfair. Why does this always happen to me? I'm just going about my days. But Jesus challenges people who follow Him to live at a higher level. And here's what He says. When they come up and they say, carry the pack, look them dead in the eyes and do this. I'm so grateful that you asked me to help you today. You obviously need help. And you picked the right person because I'm not only strong enough to carry it one mile, I'm going to carry it two. You conquer things by rising above them, not by descending to the level of the pressure around us. As the world is shaking around us, there is an unshakable kingdom to grab a hold of. There is a higher level to live from. And we're invited into it. And finally, I wanna talk about the territory. We are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable because of the ruler, the king, the way, a culture and a territory to govern. See, traditionally, whole kingdoms were built on the pressure to extend and take more land and then to protect that land. But this kingdom that you have been invited into, if you respond to Jesus for yourself, is a kingdom that isn't defined by any natural territory on the earth. It is a kingdom that goes beyond land and it goes into the hearts of people. It is a kingdom that we get to take with us wherever we are because wherever you are, there is the kingdom of God. See, it's so unlike any other kingdom that if, if, if problems were to break out in the world, we don't have to run to a specific landmass that reflects the heart of Jesus to come under His protection. That you can be wherever you are and invite Jesus in there and wherever you are with Jesus is the kingdom of God. You can be in the worst situation. You can be in the most difficult circumstance. You can be at your wits end, feeling like nothing you wanna do but give up. And if you invite Jesus to be with you there, there is the Kingdom of God. The rule and the reign of the One who came to give you freedom above all. And it's available. See, there's a portion of Scripture in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It talks about a group of ministers named Paul and Silas. See, they had been in a city and they had been getting harassed. They'd been going around and telling people about the King of the Kingdom, this, this one called Jesus, the only King who has come to give and not take away from you. This only King who has come to give you freedom and the freedom is available for you. But as they've been teaching, as they've been sharing for three days, They've had a young girl follow them around and you think there's nothing to it, but the young girl has been causing such a distraction because inside her has been an evil spirit. See, she was a slave and she was able to predict futures and as they were walking through the town, she, she started to draw attention to herself instead of Jesus. And so Paul finally got sick of it and cast the spirit out of her because the authority of God compels people to freedom. And because they'd done that, they were locked up, put in jail. How dare you shut down our business? How dare you shut down our way of life? But in the midst of this prison, they are not in jail, they are free. 
Because we read in the account of Acts chapter 16, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. They were in jail, but not imprisoned because they served a king who had already set them free because they were defined by a culture that was bigger than the here and now. They had the boldness to praise God where they were. And so everything around them was shaken, but they themselves were not. Because they were receiving for themselves an unshakable kingdom. Church, I wanna submit this to you. Wherever we look, there is trouble. Around us, beyond us. We can participate with it or we could go beyond it. Jesus said Himself, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Who are we drawing upon in the midst of it all? There is a King who is invited to give us of Himself instead of taking away. Hebrews 12, 28, 29, one last time. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. That word grace there means enabling power. I don't know about you, but sometimes we read things in Scriptures and we think, gosh, that is impossible. How is that even possible? It is by grace, the enabling power of God in us. He would never invite you into something that He wouldn't empower you to live in. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Why fear God? Because if you fear God, you fear nothing else. If you fear God only, you fear nothing else. See, when you fear something, it'll hold you back from something. If you fear heights, you won't go up high. If you fear snakes, you won't play with snakes. Don't play with snakes. If you fear the deep waters because there's big grey biting things swimming out underneath you, you won't surf. Fears become boundaries to our lives. But if we fear God only, here's what you're fearing. You're fearing the fact that He is the one who can look into our hearts and know who we are, even in the midst of a world where we try to pretend we're what we're not. And He knows us, but He knows us to the point where He wants to lead us to freedom. So God in His goodness will allow shaking to happen even within us. He will allow us to shake so that we can be set free from the prisons that we tolerate in ourselves. That Jesus in His ministry said that I've come to set the prisoners free. He's not talking about going into every jail, kicking it down and saying, well, you're all free now. He's talking about us and the jails that we tolerate in our hearts. The lies that we believe about ourselves, about others and about God, most of all. And we are invited to live in freedom, but we have to take hold of it. You are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. What does that word receiving mean? It means that you take hold of it. It's not something that you get by opening up your hands and then as soon as it's put in, you just tip it out, tip it out, tip it out. No, 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 you, you take it, you grab it and you pull it in. 
Jesus hasn't come to take from you. He's come to give. You have to take what He's offering. It goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 12, as we bring this to a close right now, that our God is a consuming fire. Why is that? So the writer of Hebrews is reminding those that are scattered and pulled apart that it's worth holding on because you've been called to a greater kingdom and reminds them about people like Moses who had stuffed everything up and run away. And he was in the wilderness, living, desolate and lost, shepherding sheep. He'd gone from a prince in Egypt to a shepherd unknowable in the wilderness. And as he's journeying along one day, he sees a tree, a bush, which is not uncommon. There's a few things out there, but this one is uncommon in the fact that it is on fire, but not being burnt up. Could you just imagine walking along and seeing a tree raging in fire, but there's no smoke coming from it? Because nothing is being burnt up, it's just the presence of fire on it. And Moses chooses to enter in. Instead of walking on and going on in his life, his, his moments, his, his problems, his pains, his, his prison of his own design, the wilderness he'd created for himself, he stops and he walks to inspect because this is, this is too amazing to walk past. And as he gets there, he hears a voice come out of it. He's not had this ever happen to him before. He is now about to encounter the living God for himself. And the voice says, take off your shoes because you are on holy ground. And he takes it off and he steps into his destiny as he encounters God for the first time. Our God is a consuming fire. He wants to set you on fire, but He doesn't wanna destroy you. He wants to set you apart, but He doesn't wanna break you down. He wants to set you free so there is nothing holding you back. What is the only thing that the fire of God is looking to burn off in you is the things that is holding you down and away from the life that you were called to. And what if the opportunity we have in a world that is shaking around us to take hold of the unshakable means that we allow God to change us from the inside out. Lord, take out what is not of you so I can live in the freedom that you've purchased for me. Church, can I invite you to your feet? I'd love to seal the deal by opening the altar for prayer in a moment. But before we do, I do wanna just put out a request. Could I ask just in this space, if you'd be kind enough just to close your eyes, that you would be just able to just give space to the person around you without moving apart from them, but just allowing your heart to connect with God. And I just wanna give an invitation right now. See, Moses was walking along, minding his own business until he saw there was an opportunity to encounter and he entered in. Jesus is the only King that has come to give and not take, but He is the one who walks along and He says to people, come follow me. He's not chasing, He's inviting. And we can choose to follow Him or not. In fact, there were many that walked away from Jesus as they started to see how different the way was. And church, I wanna say this very clearly, in a world that is shaking around us, the shaking will not stop. 
but you can be unshakable in the midst of it all because you are drawing on a King who has come to give you freedom. You are drawing on the reality that our way in Him goes beyond anything that would seek to hold us back or hinder us. And that ultimately we're not looking for a territory, we are the territory. As God's Spirit reigns in you, you bring the Kingdom of God wherever you go. Let the Kingdom of God invade your school. Let the Kingdom of God invade your family. Let the Kingdom of God invade your workplace. Let the Kingdom of God in you, through you, by you, invade everything around you because God's goodness is seeking to get out through us. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.